Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message, which is brought to you by Pastor Todd Roberts. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Good morning, church. Hope you enjoyed the match last night. I thought about getting the worship team to lead us in a rousing rendition of It's Coming Home. Um, but maybe uh, decided that wasn't the, the best of ideas. I've got to say, as an American, it's really fun to, uh, to be here and actually be a part of an uh, international tournament in which your team is doing well. Uh, America has not actually uh, flourished. I don't know if you're aware, in World Cups, and they don't get to play in the Euros in the past, so it's really fun to, uh, to be here and get to enjoy that the national enthusiasm for the football team. So, uh, hey, before I move into our message today, I want to let you know about what's happening next week. Uh, We have a special guest speaker, Michael Marcel, is going to be with us. Michael is, it says there, is a revival historian. Now, I'm not sure what comes to mind when you hear the word revival. There's a lot of different definitions or ideas that are out there about what that is, but Michael uh, has spent years meticulously researching and studying and documenting the various moves of God that have happened in the UK, uh, especially over the last 200 years. He has a fascinating website we'll tell you more about next week where you can actually just go and, and, and read some of these stories. And so you don't want to miss next week because some of the stories that he has to share with us are, are just fascinating. And as we're in the middle of this, this series about God's presence, what we, what we understand is, or what you, when you hear these stories, you're, we're going to see a whole other facet of what it means to experience and encounter God's presence. So don't miss next week. It's going to be a really, really interesting Sunday. But today we are talking about what we so often talk about in church, um, what we often sing about in our songs, what we often read about in the Bible. We are talking about the presence of God. And we're doing this series on pursuing God's presence. And if you're new, if you're with us for the first time, that can be kind of sound like kind of a religious term, a sort of Christianese that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, so let me just define for you right here at the outset what it means when we talk about God's presence. This is my own definition here, but I define it this way. The presence of God is when we become unusually aware of God's proximity to us, so his nearness, Right? And then actually, as I was studying this week, I came across uh, this little quote that I thought was really interesting. It says this, the most common Hebrew term for presence is panim, which is also translated face, implying a close and personal encounter with the Lord. So when, when the Jews are, are uh, writing the, the Hebrew Bible, you know, the Old Testament, they use the word for the presence of God, literally means face. And the, the, the implication there for them, they understood what it meant. That it's talking about the presence of God, being face-to-face with God. It's this close and personal encounter with God. So that's what we mean when we talk about God's presence. And throughout the series so far, we've, we've looked at how we have access to God's presence through what Jesus did for us on the cross, that there's no longer any separation from us from the presence of God because of what Jesus did for us. And then Lauren spoke about how God's presence is good. Now, it may not always be predictable. It may not always be, uh, it may have some dramatic impacts at times because when, when the power of the living God impacts the human body, some crazy things can happen sometimes. 
but it is always good. And last week I talked about why we pursue the presence of God and how the presence of God is what sets us apart from everyone and everything else on earth. The presence of God is, is what uh, marks His people. But today the question that I want to wrestle with together is how do we know and grow our experience in God's presence? How do we know that God's here? How do we know His presence? And how can we increase our experience of God's presence? Is it just totally up to God, or, or, or are the things we can do that actually change how we experience or increase how we experience the presence of God? Now, you'll notice that there's two fundamental assumptions to this question. First of all, that God's presence can be known, that all of us, anyone, can experience the presence of God. And secondly, that we can grow in our experience of God's presence. Presence. So I want to explore those two assumptions this morning because they're kind of big assumptions. First of all, that assumption that we can know God's presence. We can know God's presence. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but I believe that based on what we read in Scripture, as well as the testimonies of countless believers throughout the centuries, uh, that, that we can all experience God's presence. I mean, some of you are like, I've never experienced God's presence. I don't know if I can experience God's presence. There, there's this lots of things that we, that we might, false assumptions or agreements that we've made that we somehow can't experience God's presence. But, but actually, anybody can experience the presence of God. Even people who aren't Christians can experience the presence of God. I mean, hello, let's think about what happened to the Apostle Paul. You know, he was on the road to Damascus to arrest and persecute Christians. Not only was he not a believer, he was actively persecuting Christians, and he encountered the presence of God in such a powerful way that it changed his life forever. And one of the greatest opponents to Christianity became one of the greatest proponents of Christianity, all because he, as an unbeliever, encountered the presence of God, and it changed his life and ours, by, by extension, forever. I've seen it here in church, you know, in our own church services. We have, we've had people come who aren't believers that encounter God's presence. Now, they may not know that's what they're experiencing, but, you know, I remember one Easter Sunday, I used to be the worship pastor here at church, and, and I'm up here leading worship, and, and I'm watching this girl who I knew, because uh, uh, a, a friend of mine had told her that she was coming, that she wasn't a believer. And, and, and as worship was happening, she was just floods of tears streaming down her face. Now, I don't think that was because of my singing or her music at all. <laughs> I think, and, and hopefully it wasn't because it was so bad that she was like, oh, make it stop. No, but she was, she was experiencing God's presence. I, I talked to her about it afterwards, and she was like, I don't know what it was, but I just, I, I just felt so much in that moment, and, and I just began to cry. I've talked to other people that have described, you know, uh, being in our church services, and, and they've felt a good energy, or they have felt an unusual sense of peace when they're here. And I think those terms are just their language for explaining the presence of God. And it's so encouraging to me that when, when people that aren't even Christians are here, they're experiencing God's presence. So, so anyone, even unbelievers, can experience God's presence. But I believe that as believers, we should routinely experience God's presence. This shouldn't be just a, a one-off thing that happened 20 years ago. This should be something routine and regular in our life. Now, why do I think that? Well, 
I mean, as we talked about the first week, the whole story of the Bible is about how God wants to be with his people. You know, in the beginning, we read about Adam and Eve and how they walked and talked with God in the garden in the cool of the day, and how that fellowship, that unhindered communion with God was, was something they experienced all the time. And then it was lost at the fall. They, that experience and fellowship was broken when sin entered the world. And the whole story of the Bible is how that relationship, that connection with God, that, that intimacy is restored. And we read in Revelation, the very end, it concludes with, Behold, the home of God is with man. That's what Jesus made possible. That's why he came, was to restore our relationship with him, to make it possible for God and man to be together. That's why one of his titles is Emmanuel God with us. So I believe God wants to be with his people. And I believe as believers, we can routinely experience the presence of God. But there's a problem with that that probably has already occurred to many of you. And that is, for some of you, you're like, yeah, totally, I get it. Uh, that, that is my experience. But I think for a lot of Christians today, that is not their experience. And they're like, I haven't felt God's presence ever, or it's been years since I've experienced God's presence. I, 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 it's not routine at all. So why is that? Why don't we experience God's presence routinely as I believe that we should be able to? Well, I think there's all kinds of reasons for that that we could explore, but I want to just hone in on two reasons today. The first one is that I don't think we realize what's available. I think for a lot of people, going to church is a place that you go to learn about God rather than a place that you go to experience God. I think for a lot of Christians, God is a concept. He's a theory that they agree with, that they believe in, but he's not a person or reality that we actually experience. And so it's not even in our minds that we can experience God's presence. It's not even in our minds that we could go to church and, and as we're together in the house of God that we'd be able to encounter him in real and powerful ways. And so I think we just, we simply have no expectations for it or hunger for it. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this series is to raise your expectation, to, to cause you to be hungry. It's kind of like, you know, when Lauren is making something in our kitchen that I really like to eat, you know, and I'm hungry after a long day at work and I can smell it, man, I cannot wait for dinner. There's a hunger that is created by just smelling the aroma of the food. What, I'm, what we're trying to do in this series is kind of get, let you enjoy the, or, or kind of uh, smell, if you will, the aroma of God's presence and be hungry for it and start to pursue it in a way that maybe you wouldn't do so otherwise. But the second reason why I think that we struggle at times to experience God's presence is comparison. Comparison. <laughs> now, I'm mainly speaking here to people who have been around charismatic churches for a while, like this one. Um, if you've been around charismatic churches, what's great about charismatic churches is they don't struggle with uh, believing that God, you can experience God's presence. They believe that. And, and if you've been around charismatic churches for a while, you've probably seen it. You've probably experienced it in some way, and you've probably seen some pretty dramatic reactions to the presence of God over the years. 
But the problem is that, is, is that when we see that and when we experience that, we, we, or when we see that happening with other people, it's very, very easy for us to fall into comparison and start thinking, you know, we see it happening to somebody else and we think, well, I want that. But then when we don't experience it, it's so easy for us to draw the wrong conclusions. We could think, well, there must be something wrong with me. Or God must like that person more than they like me. Or maybe I'm not spiritual enough to experience God's presence. And we draw all kinds of false conclusions and we make agreements with these ideas that actually aren't true. I experienced this a lot. I have dealt with this tension a lot. You know, I actually grew up in a church that was pretty mainline uh, and, and didn't really talk much about the Holy Spirit. We believed in the Trinity, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Um, but we didn't really talk much about the Holy Spirit, and there wasn't much experience of God's presence. And then, as I told you my first week here, I encountered God powerfully when I was at university, and that kind of thrust me into the whole charismatic world, and I started seeing encounters with God that I had never even thought possible. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I married Lauren. Now, Lauren, as she talked about in her, in her message a few weeks ago, uh, she, <laughs> she tends to encounter the presence of God pretty powerfully. Uh, when, when the Holy Spirit is moving in the room, she usually feels it physically. In fact, there was one season in our marriage where every time we would go to church, we would be standing there in worship and singing along, and then suddenly I'd kind of hear a bump or you know, feel something, I'd look, and Lauren would be on the floor either laughing or shaking or, or uh, you know, just, just laying there because the power of God's presence had hit her so hard, she was like, bam, she was down. Nobody had touched her, nobody had prayed for her. She was on the floor. And, and I would, you know, kind of be like, huh, I don't feel anything, you know? <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, hello, God, um, can I get some of that? Can you just like you know, redirect that stream of whatever you're doing over towards me a few feet? And I, you know, it was so weird to me that she could be just powerfully experiencing the Lord, and I was just kind of, just a normal Sunday for me. Really strange. And, and if I'm honest, really disappointing or frustrating, and I would be really disappointed with God because, you know, I'd be like, well, I want some of that. You know, I was provoked in my spirit. I'm like, I want some of that. Come on, Lord, give it to me. And it didn't happen. And week after week, it didn't happen. Lauren, and I'm like, Hello. You know, she's kind of a lightning rod for the Holy Spirit. Like, if there's Holy Spirit's doing something in the room, I mean, it is going to land on Lauren. Uh, some of you are like that. And for me, I'm more of a holy post, you know. I just kind of stand there, and not, not much happens to me. And I, I was, honestly, I felt kind of insecure about that for a long time. And the reason that, that this is important, to, you know, this tension that we, we wrestle with, it becomes a thing of comparison. And I've heard it said, I'm not sure who said this originally, this is not in the Bible, but I think it's true. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And, and, and it will just steal from, you know, because we, we start getting obsessed over what God is doing in other people's lives. And we become obsessed over what he's not doing in our lives and what we want him to do, and what he's not doing, and, and, we, and we get so hung up on those things that we miss what God is doing in our lives. And this is especially true when it comes to the presence of God. It, it will steal our ability to enjoy, the, the, to, to receive from the joy of God's presence. Incidentally, did you know that, that God's presence is where we experience the fullest 
expression of joy, where we can have the fullest experience of joy. That's the passage that we read from this morning, uh, Psalm 16, verse 11. It says this, you make known to me, this is David writing, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What a statement from David. In God's presence is fullness of joy. David's writing is somebody that that I believe experienced God's presence pretty routinely. And he's saying, God, there's nothing. He was king. He had anything he could ask for. And yet he's saying, God, nothing compares to your presence. I experienced the fullness of joy in your presence. And you know, this is, I think it's so important for us to realize this is why, by the way, that, that we want to pursue God's presence. Not only does it set us apart as a people, but it It is where we experience the ultimate joy, the ultimate delight. It's what satisfies our soul like nothing else can. So many of us are chasing after so many things to to satisfy that hunger, that ache, that longing inside of us. And we turn to all kinds of things. We turn to, to money and success and adventure and relationships or substance abuse or porn or whatever it is that we think that is going to fill that ache within us. But the only thing that can really satisfy our souls is God himself. That's what David's talking about here. In your presence is fullness of joy. And so when we start comparing ourselves and our experiences with God to other people and their experiences with God, what happens is it steals that joy that we're meant to experience in God's presence. It steals from us the ability to appreciate what God is doing because we're obsessed and stuck on what God isn't doing. And we can't let that happen. So how do we deal with comparison? We have to realize that we experience God, we all experience God in unique and individual ways. We experience God differently. You know, as I said with Lauren, she is a lightning rod. (laughs) I'm a holy post. And, 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 you know, I, I could get really upset over, and I did at times, get really upset over why is God moving in her life and why isn't he moving in my life? And I get all hung up on those things. But what I've come to to learn is that we're all made differently. We're all made very uniquely, and God interacts with each of us differently. You know, think about uh, what you read through Scripture and the different ways that people encountered God throughout the Bible. There are some similarities but there's a, it's more different than it is the same. I mean, Abraham, or, uh, uh, Adam and Eve, they walked with God in the cool of the garden. Abraham experienced God in a variety of ways, but in one of them, he saw God come in the form of a flaming torch and a smoking pot. I don't really know what that means, but wow, that must have been pretty incredible. Moses experienced God in the burning bush, and he walked up into the glory of God on the top of Mount Sinai. Samuel heard God whispering his, or saying his name in the night. Uh, uh, David experienced God as his good shepherd. Um, Elijah experienced experienced the presence of God in this gentle whisper, the still small voice is what the Bible calls it. The, 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 new, the believers at Pentecost, when they encountered the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, they heard a, a sound like a roaring wind, and there, there were tongues of fire over their heads. 
Uh, Cornelius, the Roman centurion, experienced the Holy Spirit falling on his household and his entire household being saved. John, the disciple in, in Revelation, sees a vision of Jesus in all of his glory. There's, there's so many things and there's so many people experience God in so many different ways in the Bible. Everyone had unique experiences. I mean, there's, there's the prophets even, you know, we haven't even talked about them. What about Isaiah who, who saw a vision of the throne room of God? Or, or um, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Ezekiel sees, <laughs> sees God coming it, literally in an open vision as he's by the shores of a river. I mean, there's, we could just go on and on, but my point here is that all these people experience God in very different ways. And if David had just hung around expecting God to, to show up to him like he did for Moses in the form of a burning bush, he would have been really disappointed, and we would not have received all the amazing psalms like Psalm 16 that he wrote David knew that, that God interacted with him differently than he did. He didn't carry this expectation and make the, the other people's experience the standard for his life. And that's what we've got to do. And so my question for you is this, you know, do you have enough faith to believe God wants to interact with you differently than he interacts with someone else? Do you have enough faith to believe that God wants to interact with you differently then he interacts with someone else. You know, in some ways, this is harder. We, we want what other people are experiencing, and that's not necessarily bad, but we just can't allow that to become the measure of our own experience in God's life. And so what I eventually had to learn with Lauren is that just because she was experiencing God that way didn't mean that I wasn't experiencing God that way. It didn't mean that I was less spiritual than her. It didn't mean that, that something was wrong with me. It didn't mean that, that God loved me less than her. It's just that that was how he was uh, uh, wanting to move in her life, and he was wanting to do something different than mine, in mine. And so I learned to be more sensitive, more aware of that, and pay attention to what he was doing in my life. Because I think that all of us are experiencing the presence of God more than we realize. I actually think that, you know, you might be thinking this morning, I don't, experience, I don't even know what he's talking about. I, I've never experienced the presence of God. But I think we experience him more than we realize. Paul talked about this in Acts 17. He was in Athens talking to people on Mars Hill, sharing, you know, evangelizing, talking to the philosophers of the day. And he makes this statement in Acts 17, verses 27 and 28. He says, his, God's purpose, was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. Paul's saying God isn't distant from anybody, that he's actually near. There's sort of this universal presence of God that we can tap into and become more aware of. That's why when we define the presence of God, it's when we become unusually aware of God's proximity to us. But I think a lot of us think of, of God as, as just being far away in heaven, you know, seated on a throne in some distant cloud, and I'm down here on earth, so, you know, there's really no interaction for us. And Paul's saying, no, 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 that's not true. He's not far from any one of us. And I believe that he's regularly wanting to interact with us, or he is interacting with us, if we just be in tune with what he's doing. You know, think about, like, maybe a way of thinking about this would be a baby and its mother. 
A baby can't speak any language yet. It, it just, when, when a newborn baby is born, all it knows is the sound of its mother's heartbeat, the, 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 the noises that its mother makes, the, the smell and scent of its mother. And, and, and so this baby knows when his mother is holding it and when she's not holding it. That baby's able to discern whether that mother, its mother is near or far away. And that's what we need to do with the Lord. It's almost like there's a language to God's presence that we need to learn, except it's not a language that other people speak. It's a language that only you and God speak. And so we have to learn how to speak that language, how, to, how, to, how we experience the presence of God in our own unique ways. And so what I want to do here is I, I just want to pause, and I want to give you the opportunity to just simply ask God, this question of how you experience God's presence. You know, how, how is it that you uniquely experience His presence? And, and we're just going to pause here for a minute and give Him a, a, a moment to speak to you. So let's just take a moment, bow your heads, close your eyes, and just listen. Father God, how do I experience your presence today? And ask him another question. Father God, are there any agreements that I have made, that, that are any false agreements I've made about my ability to experience your presence? Just by a show of hands, who heard something in that time? Who, who had God point something out to you that you weren't aware of before? A few of you, okay. Well, listen, hearing God's voice is maybe a new thing for you, but the promise of Scripture is that Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. <laughs> you can hear God's voice. So if you didn't hear anything, I want you to stay with God. I keep asking him this question because this is really important. It's really important to, to know your unique ways that you experience God's presence. I, I actually, I meant to say this earlier. You know, let me give you some examples of what it looks like for me. I may not be falling on the floor like my wife did in, in that season. However, I, you know, I, I told you um, at the beginning of the series, I've had a few experiences in which I have experienced what I would call tangible joy of the Holy Spirit. And it was amazing. I've had a couple of experiences where I have just burst into tears. I shared one of those stories last week at, at just the presence of God in the, in, in the room. I've had a couple of experiences in which I smelled the aroma of God, that God has, has a, has a I, don't know, I don't know how to describe it other than a scent, a, a presence, a, an aroma that, that you can actually smell. And the best thing that I know to compare it to is, is roses. 
But more commonly for me, I experience God in the form of, of uh, I've experienced heat around my ears. Sometimes my ears will just suddenly feel really hot for, uh, for no obvious reason other than it seems like God is doing something. Sometimes I will get like a twitch in one of my eyes, which can happen for all kinds of reasons. And a lot of us get twitches in our eyes. But what's interesting to me is I only seem to get it when I'm seeking the Lord or doing some form of ministry. Now, it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it does. And for me, it's just a little tap from the Lord saying, hey, I'm here. Sometimes I get, in fact, probably the most common thing I feel is chills. Now, I can get chills at all sorts of things. I might get chills at seeing England score a goal, you know, in their, in their match in, in the Euros. But, but I think when I'm getting those chills, especially when I'm seeking the Lord, it's, it's my soul being moved on by the Holy Spirit, and it lets me know that God is near. I sometimes feel an unusual sense of stillness and peace. Uh, sometimes I will feel just this, this compulsion to worship and, and bow down and, and get low before the Lord. I mean, all of those things are ways that I experience God's presence. Now, if you're watching me from the outside, you wouldn't be able to detect any of that. And if I was just waiting for, for me to experience the same thing that, that Lauren does or things I've seen other people experience, then I would be missing out. But, but actually, if I will simply tune into those things, I find that God is actually letting me know about his presence all the time, that I can actually uh, sense his presence on a much more regular basis than I initially thought possible. And I think the same is true for you. So I want to encourage you to stay with that question in the days ahead. Keep asking, God, how, how do I experience your presence? Or maybe are, are there agreements that I've made that, that, that uh, you know, false beliefs that I carry that I can't experience your presence in some ways? And let God unpack that for you. Now, once you begin to tune into how you experience God's presence, the good news is that we can grow in our experience of God's presence. We can grow in our experience of God's presence. And, and, you know, when those moments happen, when I begin to sense God's presence in some way, uh, you know, I, I, the point is at that moment, I will just stop whatever I'm doing and just enjoy it. I mean, that's the point of this. We don't just want to rush on to the next thing. We actually want to enjoy God's presence. Let it fill us. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Stay in God's presence. Let his presence fill you with that joy, that peace. Uh, you know, Peter describes um, the presence of God. He says in, in Acts 3, he says, receive times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I love that. Be refreshed by the presence of God. A lot of us are so weary and exhausted after the stress of the last year, and we need times of refreshing from the Lord, do we not? A few of you want it, yeah? I think, I think we all need it. But here's the other thing. How do you grow in experiencing God's presence? I think there's all kinds of things we could talk about. But, but one of the things that I think is probably most important to recognize is that there are different pathways into God's presence. This is what the spiritual disciplines are for. You know, things like prayer, things like reading the Bible, things like worship or fasting or communion or, um, you know, silence and stillness. It could be, you know, uh, uh, serving other people. Uh, it could be getting out into nature. It could be doing art or something creative. Uh, it could be um, uh, some sort of 
uh, of physical activity. And I think of uh, Eric Little, the famous Olympian that they made the movie Chariots of Fire about. He said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. He's saying that he experiences God's presence when he runs. There's all kinds of pathways into God's presence. But the question is, what works for you? You know, for me, when I was uh, much younger, I, my main pathway into God's presence was worship. I would just put worship on and worship as often as I could, and I loved it. That's one of the reasons I started learning how to play guitar and things like that was because that was where I experienced the presence of God. But what I've what I've uh, and, and but as I have matured and developed, because sometimes our pathways change as I mature and grow in my understanding of. The, 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 my ability to experience God's presence, it's changed. Those pathways have changed. And now it's not so much worship, but I'll spend time just being still before God. And I'll spend time in the word and I'll spend time in prayer. And those things are the, usually the ways that I experience God's presence. There's lots of ways that you can as well. And so I just want to pause once again, and let's ask the Lord. Again, He wants to speak to us. Remember, God wants to spend time with His children, and and you are made uniquely to experience His presence in your own unique ways. And so some of you know the answer to this question already, but I want you, if you don't, I want you to ask God this question, Father God, what are my pathways into your presence? So let's just pause for one minute here. And ask God that question. Father God, what are my pathways into your presence? So I'm just trying to give you space to become aware of how you enter into God's presence, how you uniquely do it. And as you're aware of it, then just practice it. The more we practice this, the more we, we simply pursue God's presence by simply taking, you know, figuring out, hey, you know, I really feel God's presence when I worship, or maybe I really feel God's presence when I go for a walk in the Peak District, those kinds of things. I, I really feel God's presence when I come to church. Whatever the answer to that question is, I want you to practice and sort of steward your ability to engage with God, no matter how little it is, no matter how small or subtle uh, our experience of God is. Because remember, a lot of, for a lot of us, I think our experience of God is routine, but it's subtle. And it's, it can easily be missed if we're looking for the big and the dynamic uh, experience of His presence. So let's learn how to steward God's presence in our lives on a daily basis. And as we practice it, the good news is that our experience of it will grow and we'll experience and be able to enjoy God's presence more and more and more as we grow in these things. That's the point of the spiritual disciplines, by the way. That's why we encourage you to spend time with God every day. That's why we periodically will do corporate fasts. That's why we, we, we gather in worship every Sunday. And that's why we spend time in prayer. That's why we listen to God. All these different things, they're just pathways into his presence because when we encounter God, everything changes. We're never the same after we encounter God's presence. 
So I hope this morning that you're feeling hopeful and that you're feeling a new sense of expectation about God's presence, that, that maybe you're not broken. <laughs> maybe there's not something wrong with you. Maybe that, you know, God doesn't like other people more than he likes you, but that God's presence is available to you right here, right now. We can go boldly, as it says in Hebrews, right into his presence. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you want to spend time with your children. You're not a God that's aloof and distant, but in your great love for us, you want to be with us. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would break the, the sort of fear of your presence off of us, Lord, by allowing us to encounter the goodness of your presence. And Lord, for those who are stuck, who are feeling that they, they don't know how to experience your presence. They, they're not sure what the unique ways are that they experience you. Lord, I pray that you would show them. And I pray that you would show us, Lord, what are the pathways into your presence that we may not even be aware of yet. God, come, meet with us. May we be a people of your presence. May we be a people who delight in you that can truly say, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Lord, I pray that your presence would mark us as a people. Lord, let us not be content with knowing about you, but let us be a people who hunger to experience you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.